0: This is how I wear. This is no
1: democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Loathe
0: entirely. You're out of order! You're out of order! Everything that guy
1: just
2: says bullshit. Thank you. Life is cruel.
0: I don't give a... What the deal was? The deal is now changed. Either you stay or you go. It's up to you. End of discussion.
2: Good morning, sunshine. I guess I, I still have to welcome my classroom. So when I'm performing, I guess this. "Good morning, sunshine." Um, welcome. Hi, I'm Cody Newberry, um, and I am tonight hosting um, Wild Estes. Um, you are this sucks. Um, best. Uh, class or best classic actors represented um, by one movie and um, as the new cody newberry i'm making an official rule um that instead of your list sucks we need more positivity in this world so for tonight's it's your uh the name is your list is fine and we'll work together to make it better collaboratively we did this bit it, last it, week.
3: It, they literally it, did right. this last week. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I don't pay the fuck attention.
2: I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling really bad that my, my bits are taken by someone else. Okay. Um I compare bits. Let me know who did it better. Um, probably not me. Um, let's let's introduce our our, our guests. Um first tonight, um, I got very excited about the word first. First tonight um, is Andrew Barr. He has eight his name, Barr. <laughs> How are you feeling? Are you worried uh, about having me on a panel because this will inevitably go off uh, off the rails?
0: You have me on here, so it's going to go off the rails as well. This like this is what the show is built for, though. So I'm excited.
2: Oh. Okay, and uh, our next guest, um, Caleb Boatman. If you had to be one classic actor who describes your personality to the best, oh, that's uh, John. No, John Fiedler. John Fiedler. Mm -hmm. Okay, Okay. and and, um, Paul Yama, I have no questions because I ran out of bits. So say something to spill up time.
3: Listen, if we're never on the rails, we cannot go (laughs) off the rails. That's all I have to say.
2: That's fair. Wonderful. Um, I was hoping that this would take up at least an hour of time and intros, and now my plan is ruined. So (laughs) we are going to start off with – if I remember how the shows go, so I'm going to be very impressed. We're going to start off with ten through – eight. Yes. Yes. Hey. Okay. We're,
3: okay. We're really good. And, and, like and we're yikes <laughs> if it's the same actor even if it's not the same movie, right?
2: Yes, and you'll yikes yeah. it if it is the same actor. Um and you know, we're doing, you know, best actor represented by one movie, so we're going to talk largely about the actors but of course, you know, have a little bit of commentary about the movie and that role itself, but we can talk about them broader as an actor at the time as well. Um so, Bar, hit me with your number 10.
0: Uh, My number 10 is Natalie Wood for Love with the Proper Stranger. Uh, I don't like the way Boatman reacted already. Uh, my number nine is Spencer Tracy for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And my number eight is Catherine Hepburn for Bringing Up Baby. Uh, yikes. Figured. Uh, so number 10, Natalie Wood, um... I really like Natalie Wood, And it wasn't really until this particular movie that I fell in love with her as an actress. Um I think that she just really carries the drama uh, of the situation at hand really well in this. Um, and I think it kind of made me go back to kind of like view her in a different light as an actress. Uh, my number nine being Spencer Tracy. Um, Spencer Tracy just has this this presence that he carries with him. Um, but he's really good at being able to do both dramatic work and comedic work. Uh, this one probably being the one that has stuck with me the most. Um, because there's just an honesty and an earnestness to him as he's just trying to figure out the situation at hand. Um, I think that Spencer Tracy's just really great.
2: Yeah, number eight. Okay, number 10, uh, so Natalie Wood. Um, so here's the thing. I watched most of the movies uh, for this uh, show. Um, I like Paul the best, so I actually made sure I watched all his movies <laughs> uh, before I got to yours. At least you um, love it. And Bo gave me his list like last night, um, so it was a little more difficult. Um, I so thought I actually still wasn't
1: coming until the 8th.
2: <laughs> um I I, try, I uh, try actually had this movie um through uh, we'll call it alternative uh, means. Um, <laughs> I, I was on an airplane, um and I, I started it, and there is no sound. Um so because of that, um this this movie is cursed and your your pick is cursed, so it's a bad pick because the sound didn't work. Um I seen Natalie Wood in West Side Stories. She's like fine. Um, she She's a uh, rebel without cause, too, right? I didn't make yeah. this up. Yeah, I remember her being pretty good, but that's you know is um, James Dean's um, go-to movie. Um, so I need more experience with her as like a leading person, other than playing Maria, to have a true opinion. Um, other than you picked a non-existent movie, so that hurts you. Never heard of this in my life. Okay, right, Spencer, you've heard it. You seen it? All right, yeah. Um, Spencer Tracy for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Um, good actor pick. And I would say uh, I I feel like I have biases against this movie because the community is obsessed with it because there's a certain idea of this like kind of political ideals of the 60s that people um, still like admire that we, we will like these movies without kind of holding it. Not accountable, but in comparison to, you know, modern movies handling the same subjects, maybe a little more depth and a little more um, nuanced um, than this movie hit. So I have biases against that, but I will say the performance is really good. I think it's, you know, Sydney Poitier is, I yep. think, the best performance in the movie um, for a variety of reasons. Um but, and, and I have a, a, a love of, I think I watched all but one of Spencer Tracy and Cat movies. So I have to appreciation of that dynamic that I think definitely comes off to play here. And it's really a showcase for him in a lot of ways. He gets the most speechifying. So a solid pick, guys. Have some problems with the movie. Okay. We will move on to Boat for your ten through 8th.
1: Uh, my 10 is Joanne Woodward for The Three Faces of Eve. Shut up. My nine is Burl <laughs> represented by Sweet Smile of Success. Yikes. And my eight is Carl Malden, represented by On the Waterfront.
2: Uh, we're gonna get a lot of uh, details on how much I researched into <laughs> this. I put actually put a lot of effort. So I shouldn't have myself. But okay, Joanne Woodward is one I didn't get to um, for three faces. Doesn't eat. Bo get to talk? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! I forgot you talk. You
3: talk. name moves. Oh my god! We let you host the show once. <laughs> 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 this is, okay.
1: I
2: said immediately, like, what a mistake they're making.
1: So, <laughs> okay. Joanne Woodward. uh, you may know her as like the actual real life wife of Paul Newman. She did a lot of movies with Paul Newman. Uh Paul Newman's not in this one. In uh Three Faces of Eve. Uh she plays uh a woman with three different personalities, but she's like great in a lot of things. She's really great in uh Paris Blues. She's great in a new kind of love. She's I think she's really just one of the most underrated, like, classic actresses. Uh I, I think she she's just really fantastic. She can play like so many different roles and Three Faces of Eve is like easily her best performance. Uh Carl Malden, I think, is just like one of those actors that just improves every movie he's in. He I just love him in everything. Like from a streetcar named Desire or uh Birdman of Alcatraz. But to me, like on the waterfront is like easily his best performance and he should have won the Oscar. Uh he like him is the priest is just incredible. The monologue of this is my church, is just one of my favorite scenes in a movie.
2: Uh yeah, Carl Malden kills it. So uh for Joanne Woodward, um I didn't I didn't make it this movie. Um I would have loved to. It was one that just I already kind of had a plan at that point and number 10s were not gonna come up to my priority. Um and and I and Joanne Woodward you say is kind of a you know, forgotten classic actress of the time, probably needs more attention. Um, unfairly, maybe Paul Newman, you know, took some of the the, the shine from um, their marriage that she kind of got ignored. Um, what I have seen her in, I saw Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. It's one of their like old people movies as a couple and pretty lovely performance that she gives. it's I mean, it's kind of an old performance, like, but it's really um, solid right. and it, still sweet and thoughtful. And that's really when she gets to kind of shine over Paul Newman. It's a really good vehicle for her as well. And she's in Philadelphia, but like that's a small role. Um, so you know, interesting pick. I'm like that you're taking chances, at number ten, and trying light on someone new. Here, Karl Malden. This is where we're going to have a conversation. I meant to look this up. Uh, I I love on the the Last five years, who is he in this movie? Is he the brother? No, oh, no, he's, he's the, the priest. priest. Brother oh, he's Ron the priest. Stiger. Got it. <laughs> yeah. the, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's been like seven years. Okay. Um, can you can you name me uh, three other movies that Carl Malden was in?
1: Birdman
2: of Alcatraz, a streetcar named oh, Desire. Okay, yeah, yeah I, All right, okay, great. So, uh, you know, good job. digging, Dig into the supporting actors. You know, I've talked to people before about getting some of the leads. Um, for some reason, whatever, and on the roster. Now you say Priest, I understand the role, and, it, and it's, you know, I saw it before, but some reason it doesn't stick out in my mind to have no memory of him and streetcar named Desire. It's been a long time. Um, so, so, interesting pick. I wish I had more, you know, memory of who this guy is we'll look at google images so we'll share that with everybody i'm joking we're not but moving on the show's gonna get better from here 10 through 8 we're gonna call this uh, a flop
3: go paul uh my number 10 my number 10 is katherine Denuev uh, for the umbrella shoreberg uh my number nine is montgomery Clift for a place in the sun and my number eight is setsukohara for tokyo story um, so Catherine Deneuve, honestly, my favorite performance by her is not this movie, but it's the director I didn't want to put on the show. Um, so I made a choice there. Um, but I think she's a great person who's really good at emoting, I think, without talking. And I think she's really expressive with her face in a way that I think a lot of actors are not. Um, I haven't seen Belle de Jour, but that's one I really want to see bad because I think that's a different kind of angle for her to play. But I think I love all her Jacques Demy collaborations. And this is probably my favorite, certainly movie, but I think also performance just because I like, think she really plays to the kind of melodrama um of this kind of movie and i just think she's an incredible actress that i think does like f- stuff like fantasy and romance and all the drama and different kinds of genres really well um and I think she's a yeah, super i mean she's kind of underrated i mean that people kind of like her but not as much as maybe they should um my number nine montgomery clift i think i mean he's one of the. i think one of the most handsome actors of the classic era and i think he uses that to his advantage he's kind of like brad pitt i think in that sense like He uses this veneer of his good looks, but then he burrows into this kind of darkness sometimes that can underlie that, especially in A Place in the Sun, you see this relationship where he kind of comes in bright-eyed and he doesn't really know that this corporate world he's entering. And then he is so sort of of caught allure um, by by the pull-in of this woman played by Elizabeth Taylor, and you see the kind of pull between her and Shelley Winters' character. And I just think he's such an incredibly gifted actor, again, that having an underlying darkness kind of within this, like, sort of handsome and up-to-do veneer, um that i think like you would normally get seeing him he's great and stuff like from here to eternity i think he's amazing and i confess which is a really underrated hitchcock movie i think that carl maldon i think is actually also um but yeah i think montgomery cliff is just an awesome actor that like really again like um he would be he, like in this era he would be like super kind of talked about me because of against like, his good looks um number eight setsu kohara um probably most well known for her collaborations with uh, ozu um he's kind of her great muse but specifically, it's something like Tokyo Story, I think she's so good at injecting this kind of um, like positive kind of effervescence into a family that otherwise is kind of dour and a little serious. Um, but I just think that like, she's so bright and, and full of life in a way that I think is hard to nail. And then there's a scene near the end of this movie where she's um, talking about how she's selfish, and she's talking to the her, her father-in-law in this movie. And I just think like that the the level she plays there. And certainly, there are points where she gets really emotional, but before that, when she's kind of on the on the verge of that, um, she really, I think, communicates the kind of pathos of the movie in such a like wonderful manner. She's great in the Curacao movie. She's in two, um, you know, stuff like The Idiot um, and No Regrets for Our Youth. I think she's just an incredible actress that I just think is kind of forgotten to time. If anyone's seen or heard of the movie Millennium Actress, it's much like it's kind of in a like a love letter to her life and career. Um, And the story of her her arc of her career. But I think she's amazing actress that, you know, I think American audiences should expose themselves to because she's, I think, one of the great actresses of of the classic era and just like really like super memorable and is, is always the standout performance in any movie she's in, I think.
2: Here we go. Here's some A-plus hosting going on because I've all these reasons. (laughs) Let's say B-plus. I've gotten to have fair expectations. Catherine Deneuve, great pick. Probably would have been on my list. Um, And, you know, you talked about her being underrated. I think – I don't want to, like, place, um, like, hypothesis or assumptions on where someone's career went, but I feel like she's someone that should have had this, like, great – elderly career um maybe like a jury or someone especially French movies. she's appears she she's got the time
1: truth. she's in the core she's, ada movie yeah yeah sure.
2: she's in the truth and that was been really great in that and she will appear in some like random french movies every now and then but i feel like she should be like real um royalty at this point that it's like a deal when she's on because if you look at her classic film, not just you know Jacques Demi, um, but brought it broader French cinema. You brought up Belle de Jour, which is a movie I adore and a really interesting performance by her, especially to like contrast some of the innocence that she kind of has in the demi movies. Um and, and, and toy with that a little bit in an interesting way. Um but yeah in the demi movies this in young girls of Roquefort, um I can't pronounce the French words as great as you did like the New Wolf. I think it's Rush for um,
3: I think it's Rush for but yeah it doesn't yeah, yeah, let's go with it. Uh, and,
2: um, that there's this um, kind of – she has a real, like, French romanticism to her. I feel like she's the epitome of that kind of six, 60s French um, kind of go-go romanticism that, that is, you know, charming and lovely to watch. And she can also handle the heartbreak that, you know, Brad Scharberg is so um, famous for. Um, and and you know her voice isn't spectacular uh, for this essentially being a fully sung movie, but it doesn't need to be, uh, be because it just adds to the like whimsy and the lyricism. It's not trying to be these like showbussy um, songs. It's a great pick. Okay. Number nine was Montgomery Clift. Um, I just watched this last night. Uh, this movie is kind of a banger. Um, I, I I lose it a little bit in, in the end um, as it becomes more of a court case. Um, it, it becomes a little preachy um, at times, which is some a part of like classic movies, I think, a little bit. But I still think his performance works in... Um, step with the movie and creating this kind of moral ambiguity um of can you place judgment on this character and you know his um kind of sins throughout the movie um based on you know his like real torture so and his real feelings to someone's like intentions and and ideas counteract the actual act they they encountered um and i think he has that very soulful torn up um look to his face that counteracts his you know beauty you said like brad Pitt. um he but he looks like someone who's been a hard time he looks like the kid that grew up you know in the coal field that just happens to be way too beautiful for yeah. his town <laughs> there's just a little bit of destroyed so great pick um and eight Susuko ohara um this was really interesting because like the first hour or so the movie she's just you know smaller role in this um in tokyo story um but i was like this is like she's kind of like sitting there listening um you know responding kindly and that's kind of her role and there's not much for her to do but as the movie goes on especially gets to the ending you realize all the nuance she's been playing the whole time and if you you really and um ozu is really good at making it like a portraiture like so framing the the actors um center the screen that you're really paying all attention to their body uh movements and and her face and her face is doing so much work the subtlety of how her eyes are or staring or her, her mouth will slightly like go down that she's like up front having, you know, trying to be polite and, and kind and not show her pain. But you can see in her mind how she's reacting to things. And it, it's very, uh, it honestly becomes remarkable performance when you realize that it's something you should be paying attention to, which she kind of sneakily these slides into it. So another, I was really impressed. So Jerry side, don't spoil number one. Chill the fuck out. Alan.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> Adelaide.
3: Oh, all right, I guess we're on to bar what, seven. Yeah, what's the yeah.
2: slander for Danube? Who slandered? She <laughs> you right, you okay,
3: Adelaide, you're not on this show. Shut, Shut up, Peter. Right, let's not
2: turn the
0: show bar. into that. Let's please yeah,
2: Bar number A seven through Seven through
0: four. All right, <laughs> so my number seven is Walter Matthau. And I picked the movie "Lonely Are the Brave." Um, so I think a lot of people know Walter Matthau more as kind of like just comedic actor, but he's really good at like doing a lot of different kind of performances. And "Lonely Are the Brave" um, is a movie where he plays a sheriff that is chasing um, Kirk Douglas's escaped convict character, and there is such a simplicity but just a a pleasure in the simplicity that he has uh in this movie um and the ending of this film is just kind of heartbreaking especially when you just look at walter Matthau's face and you're just you just see like the it didn't really have to come to this kind of uh disappointment in his eyes um i think he's as incredible as kirk douglas is in this movie i think he's doing a, a little bit of a better job and just come on when you think of great comedy duos you think of lemon and Mathau. um so he's one of those people that just whenever he's on screen he's fantastic and i think that he's one of those actors that really kind of you know sets a bar for a lot of other character actors
3: can't even get his name spelled right on the show. Oh, is, is it
2: two T's?
0: Come yeah. on, you're fired. I'm <laughs> taking
2: over.
1: Um, you want to make graphics in five hours before you oh, die? Die? You die? want to make graphics?
2: I barely know whose turn is or when I don't know how to work the graphics, but let's go. Lots of math out. Uh, this is an interesting pick. Cause I'm like, yeah, he's like had a great career. He's really, you know, I think dynamic actor, you know, you said more, more versatile. I think that we'll give him credit, but like all the movies that come to my mind first like the seventies, which I'm not going to hold. I'm not holding semantics against it, but I am trying to judge specifically on the careers, you know, before the seventies. Uh, and this movie, um, I watched it for 10 minutes and I had just because of, uh, <laughs> of other things. He did not even show up. I really had a cr- crazy ass experience with those first 10 minutes. It was like a real the village kind of uh, a thing to me because I read the plot summary, I watched, you know, saw the intro, and and where, like, once you see what, you know, world he's living in, I was caught completely off guard and we could talk about that off screen. Um, but I don't want to like spoil because I want other people to have this crazy experience, but I think I'm just dumb. But, um, so I'm going to talk more about Watermath and other movies. Um, and you know, especially sixties on fifties, he was like primarily or sixties. He's primarily known for his um, collaborations with Jack lemon. Um, and I think that, you know, dynamic was so important to his career and who he was. And maybe that's what kind of created the, um, you know cliche of what his performances kind of are is that like grumpy counteraction to hit jack lemon's nervousness but he does that so well um you know for someone who is not not on the show but supposed to be i watched the odd couple also and, and him just playing you know the loaf i think he does it in a way that's not over the top and exaggerated like it you know was an odd couple tv show that i think he has the right level of touch to make these kind of characters human and real um i'm really interested i'm going to finish all the other brave i have full plans to do so um because i was really into it it. Um, So, and I got just another one I haven't heard of before. Um, So I'm into it. It, It's a solid pick, but once again, I I feel like he would just have more to blossom, you know, as his career went on past the sixties. Everybody else water Walter Matthau? Oh yeah.
1: I think that uh, I kind of have that. I love Walter Matthau.
2: But I do kind of
1: have the, oh, yeah, he almost always, from what I've seen, almost always plays Walter Matthau. Like, he's really good at playing Walter Matthau, and I love seeing him play Walter Matthau. I just don't think I've ever really seen a movie where he hasn't played just the Walter Matthau type. Uh, He's great, uh, but that's why he didn't really make my list.
3: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's kind of similar to Zach. Uh, my favorite Walter Mathos are basically all the 70s stuff, like A New Leaf and Taking Pelham 1, 2, 3. The one thing I do really love him in in the classic era is Fail Safe. I don't know if you guys have seen Sidney Lamette's Fail Safe, but he's really terrific in that as this professor character. Um, but um, that's really one of the only classic era movies that I really love him in. I think he kind of grew into a much more mature actor as he aged. And like, I haven't seen this movie, so like maybe this is different. But one of the other movies, like, I just, I'm not super into the, like, it's not that it's bad, it's just the comedic stuff is not. Like, it doesn't totally appeal to me in a way that I'm like, this is one of the all-time great classic actors. But he's a great actor, so, um, yeah. Can't yeah really and, not. and
2: since you mentioned the new Leaf and and Boat was kind of saying, you know, he's always oh, he's Walter Matha, I do think there is a real twist on the Walter Matha performance in a new Leaf, if you haven't seen because he's much playing this, like, wannabe rich playboy, and it's a much more of a uh, um, mannered performance than I think we're used to being given a great one. Um, so I recommend that. To he get is great in a new Leaf. Oh, you did see it? Okay, yeah. I have. To. All right. Number
0: six. Uh, My number six, I'm pretty sure, is going to get Yikes. Paul Newman.
2: Yikes!
0: Figured. Wow, that's the the move. Yeah, it is. Um, My number five is the one everyone was expecting from me. It's Audrey Hepburn. Yikes. Figured as much. Uh, And my number four is Humphrey Bogart, and I picked In a Lonely Place. Uh, That's also a Yikes. I'm done for now.
2: that was quick. (laughs) <laughs> all right my seven,
1: seven for my three. seven is a yikes from earlier i picked catherine hepburn for bringing up baby hey uh yeah i think this is i haven't seen like some of her other like well-known like i haven't seen lion winter that's kind of a big one but uh she is in just she takes over this movie she is so much fun in this movie Uh, I I think this is the best performance I've seen from her but she's just she is kind of like who I first think of when I think of like classic actress like she she just kind of has that larger than life personality like she's obviously of course associated in like the screwball comedies but you look at something like guess who's coming to dinner where the scene where she uh, fires her employee that's such a great scene. Uh, and she's she's great and everything, but I think bringing up baby is just where she really gets to like, show off off her comedy chops like the best. Like she she's very funny in like uh, Philadelphia Story and some others, but like I think this is the funniest and the most like fully realized character I've seen from her. I think she's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I she's one of those. I think a lot of the a majority of the picks that I made were people who could do really well in both comedy and drama. Um, And Catherine Hepburn is absolutely one of those people. Uh, Like, look at her in The African Queen. Like, she's fantastic in that. Um, And then, Paul, don't give me that look. Um, (laughs) But then you see Bringing Up Baby and the swinging Door Susie bit is just one of the funniest scenes in the history of film like the way that she's able to control that scene and deliver the dialogue that the way that she does with such elegance and poison precision it, it's incredible like you need people like that in order to make that kind of dialogue work and she was one of the best at it so i agree with what most of what boat said boat took most of the words right out of my mouth yeah.
2: um can Hep have a i have a lot of um you know admiration for, and I watched tons of her movies. Uh, and I had a off, I had a conversation with some scumbag named Lucas Showback um, about Luke? like, um, uh, you heard me, um, Luke asshole Showback. Um, oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Uh, and we were trying to come up with like, what is the right pick for Catherine nepper And I think we kind of came up with the Story. But you know, once this came up, I'm like, no, I think you're right. It's like. Because, specifically because I feel like this is someone coming out with the most, you know, extreme version of what the identity is often portrayed as, as she kind of takes that, um, you know, upper class, um, you know, kind of um, waspy persona in the most exaggerated, goofy, um, flamboyant fashion but at the beginning of her career, like before she could even be like attached to that. Um, and then she was able to tone down, but she just uh, t- took the identity so well. And it's, it's honestly so funny. And she controls the speed and toy of that movie. I um, mean, Carrie Grant honestly is just trying to catch up the whole time um, to, to what she's, what she's doing. Um, African Queen was almost discussed in this show. And that's why Kirk um, got kicked off. It wasn't allowed. That, that movie, not not good. And it kind of, um, very basic level performances. uh uh for, for both. Yeah. Uh okay, Paul, what's your thoughts on Cat Hep?
3: Uh, yeah. Thank God nobody picked Catherine Queen. That would be boring as shit. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree, but Catherine she's Hep- the best part of it. I love Catherine Hepburn. To me, covers. I mean to me I could have picked like fifty actors for this list. Ultimately, this is basically just like what who are your guys? That's what this episode is, essentially. And Hepburn is just like kinda of on the outside a little bit for me. I think Philadelphia story or Lion in Winter would have been more my picks, I think, because I think I mean, Lion in Winter is like the most actory performance that she's probably ever given, and she's really great in that. But I think in Philadelphia story, the way that she, the orbit this the story orbits around her versus like bringing up baby, she's like the Tasmanian devil, basically like ruining this yeah. guy's life, and she's great as that. But I love that Philadelphia story is about her charm and her humor and her wit, and it's like who 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 yeah. among us would not be obsessed with Catherine Nepper in, in the Philadelphia story? Um, but I think that like those are kind of a little bit more my speed. But yeah, she's an amazing actress, really funny. I love the way that she commands the movies that she's in in this era, like in the way that I think actresses are not always really allowed to. But she takes control of the movie and kind of like makes it hers in a way that I think is really great. Um, so yeah, I mean, great pick. I will say,
2: uh, if you have her and not the cheat on your list, you may lose some points.
3: <laughs> leopard, it's a goddamn leopard. <laughs> goddamn it, I'm kidding.
2: I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, I love animals. Okay, um, what it? What about your your number? My
1: Next yeah. is uh, Lee J. Cobb,
2: represented by 12. There it is. It's the most community pick and most boat pick ever. But go on. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes. But Lee J. Cobb, I think, is just one of those,
1: like, not just classic character actors, but just character actors I love. Like, in terms of supporting roles, he just shows up and he knows when to just kind of support and he knows when to take center stage and i think that is like what makes him one of those great actors like you look at his like big scene stealing roles and like 12 and your men are on the waterfront but you also look in like it's the Three Faces of eve which is not a great movie but he knows how to work off of joanne woodward or uh again not a great movie but he's great in it exodus He's is actually really good because he knows. I thought you were about to say, I
3: about to say the Exorcist. I was like, hot take. <laughs> Sorry. No, no,
1: he's good in <laughs> he doesn't count for this because it's 70s. Yeah. Um, Exodus, not a great movie. He knows how to work off of Paul Newman. Uh, but juror number three, just this is. You need someone who you completely represents the other side and is the complete antithesis of Henry Fonda's character in every way. And his his big monologue towards the end, just incredible. But every moment, even when he is like just talking at the beginning to juror number two, uh, he just asserts this dominance throughout the whole film, which I just think really works. He is just fantastic in this movie.
2: Yeah. So I, I feel like I I was giving you shit for e- even in my own mind for just like me associating the J Cobb with you so much that I might have been dismissing the pick maybe a little too much. Cause especially in 12 angry man is such a, you know, dynamic performance um, it, when you have the movies though kind of in one room um you know contained movies you need the star power to to carry it and to to keep the attention i mean say lumet's doing really interesting things for such a contained um movie but dj cobb is is helping keep your attention through these long moments of dialogue because he has such conviction, such power. He's just, he's honestly, we, we talk about like movie stars versus actors, and he's a real movie star for a character actor. Like he has character actor, but with like movie star persona and delivery um, in a way that's really important. So he can come in and, and steal those one scenes. So, um, yeah. Powerful movie, great face, and I, I I talk often about how like classic Hollywood faces we just don't have them like they used to, um in a way that that that's really interesting. So it's my pick. Or, I mean, that's your pick. I don't pick shit. <laughs> um, good pick. Um, everybody else on DJ. Ninety percent of
3: the time, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> that is like too accurate for where I'm <laughs> pretty convinced my mind is going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Uh everybody uh, else on Lee um <laughs> <I like something. laughs> <Goes> fucking <hard. laughs> Um so I really like Lee Jacob. He was on my short list. Um I I just haven't seen enough of the films that he's in as much as I really love him. And he was one of those really respected actors at the time like He wasn't, like, a big movie star, but he was a really well-respected actor.
3: Yeah, I might not have him on my list, but I'm entitled to my opinion. Um, No, I mean, I love Lee J. Cobb. I think he's underrated, I think, in Coogan's Bluff, if anyone's seen that, the Clint Eastwood movie. He plays kind of more the straight man that kind of Clint Eastwood is playing off of and being the kind of more roguish detective. But I think that he's a terrifically expressive actor. Um, He reminds me a lot of Sidney Greenstreet, who's like in Casablanca, as like these kind of character actors who really play loud, but know exactly, you know, they're not on screen. I mean, well, to every man he is, but they're not always on screen a ton, but they make the most of their time in a way that I think like makes them super memorable. And like, you're not going to watch a movie with AJ Cobb in it and not be like, not notice him. You know, he's never going to blend in. And for some people, maybe that doesn't totally work, but I think he's great. Great. Okay, Boat, number
2: five.
1: Uh, my number five is uh, Marlon Brando, represented by A Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, yeah, I think that – what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Uh, but, yeah, a street Brando and A Streetcar Named Desire. I think I kind of get why no one else had him because I do think, like, some of his best work is, like, the 70s stuff. But I still think his 50s and 60s stuff is so strong. Like, if you look at, like, the wild One look at on the waterfront you look at like you know like even his version of, of mutiny on the bounty uh it, it's weird that he's uh fletcher christian in that version but still he's he's actually good in it uh you look at him as mark anthony uh caesar, and julius caesar uh i think but this this is the i'm gonna be one of the great actors performances like just him as Stanley Kowalski. He just explodes. Like, everyone talks about Stella, but, like, he just had so many moments in this movie uh, where he, he just kills it. Brando, just, there, there's a reason, like, his style of acting really kind of... is what was emulated later uh, that to method. So,
2: Brando, not, not one of my guys, and I'm going to just kind of <laughs> say why... Um, this is a, well, who are my guys upset? <laughs> um, two of our like, most noble of all time not the most but two of the most noble of all time method actors Marlon Brando and Joaquin Phoenix I think have a lot in common in their performances and they get so into the darkness of the soul that I think they forget that sometimes you need like a little bit of like light and humanity to come out um, that it, it, it's like a little too much of a performance I'm like uncomfortable being around even in Streetcar Named Desire he's just a little too like grimy um, and loafy um, for like my attention and I uh, he just he, like you don't say charm in Marlon Brando even like in the seventies performances i feel like he's doing a lot and he's really you know going in down to the one specific aspect of that performance maybe a little too much i, I like understand the, the acclaim um but like when people got to to dr moreau and they're like what the fuck is this guy doing i was like don't you realize this is the same performance he's been given for 40 years uh actually, wow not not that wow. I, I don't hate him and i i understand it um streetcar you know, he said 40 so
3: this is before that so Big break.
2: Yeah, it is before that, and, <laughs> and um, sh- this is also a street care named Desire, which is like a street. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything. I wasn't gonna say
0: anything.
2: I wasn't gonna
3: say anything.
2: You, you you have to make sure you park on the left side of the street because a street car, street care named Desires, come to clean the streets. Um, anyways. Uh, you know this movie, I think, is is an important. It's a good pick for him because it is much more of a grounded, you know, play level where he gets to play a real human and not a fucking, you know, alien stuck in the Amazon River, in the jungle. It's not the Amazon River. I'm play that clip again. I'm losing my fucking mind. Um. <laughs> anyways, solid pick. Koho is walking around half naked. I can't deal with that.
3: Okay, not um, half. I am too, half, His arms are half his body. Yeah. Arms. He's like Goro. Goro. Yeah, he's like all arms. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um
2: everybody else on <laughs> Brando. What's the deal? Oh. All right, go
1: ahead. Okay.
2: So um oh. all Right, hold on. Thank you, Video Store,
1: for the, the, the
2: raid
0: and the uh, the stream. Uh hey guys. Um so here's here's something that's gonna surprise people. This is one of two movies um that I'm pretty sure are gonna come up tonight. That I haven't seen yet. This is a big blind spot for me in my classic films. Um, However,
2: the movie's gonna come out tonight.
0: The Cody Newberry rule of
2: not sharing lists.
0: (laughs) Because one of them is obvious. uh, And this one. uh, I
1: did not share my list for the record.
0: I did not share my list either. (laughs) Um, But On the Waterfront is one of my favorite performances of all time. Um, just the scene where he's talking to Edie and he's, like, fiddling with her glove is such a pure moment, uh, caught on film. Uh, as I said in the chat, both forgot to mention guys and dolls, um, which... Did
3: he... I? <laughs> or did he choose to admit? <laughs>
0: <I>? <laughs> um, he's better than he had any right to be, but even though he's not great. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think most of the stuff that I probably know him best four is in the 70s which is why i kind of didn't include him
3: yeah i mean shout out to chuck Lorre taking a lot of inspiration for the kominsky math oh. and
0: brando's acting
3: um no sorry <laughs> no i never I, give I, chuck Lorre Brand- any Brand- props on that. i think brando's a guy that takes big swings and sometimes it really hits and sometimes he's like doing stuff like he's doing in sayonara which is like i think he's fucking terrible in that movie i think um so that's kind of the reason i left him off honestly I'm, I, I'm not the kind of person who's like, I love his later work the most more than the other stuff. Cause I think his best work is in this era, but I just think like it can really hit like on the waterfront or it can really miss. Um, I don't love him in Streetcar Honestly. I don't, I don't love that kind of acting really very much. I think it's like too theatery in a way that I don't necessarily connect to. Um, but I mean, he's, he's obviously, I mean, he's obviously a terrific actor um, and there's obviously like lots of movies that I do love him in, but yeah, like there's a, it, I think he just like his hit rate is not high enough. I think for me to have him on this list. I
2: need to watch Last on in Paris and watch them fuck to the really formative ew, opinion.
3: Oh, um, that, that movie. Uh,
2: thank you. Uh, <laughs> wait, before we move on, I have a very important question. Is I am giving letter grades for each pick. Um, this answer to this question does affect uh, your letter grade. Did you pick a streetcar named Desire because you already used on the waterfront, or is that your honest pick for? Uh, so I did have a one-movie rule, but I think Brando is better in streetcar
1: than on the waterfront, but I did try to pick one movie per. I mean one person.
2: I, I, I tried not to
1: double up on movies. I will say I did it later. I didn't do it for this.
2: Okay.
0: Malarkey. Uh,
1: my four oh, yeah. my four is uh Shirley
2: McLean uh for the apartment. Yikes. Yikes so, Paul, two for your seven to
3: four. Yeah. So, my number seven, someone I really got into last year, my number seven is Joan Crawford. The movie is Mildred Pierce. Um, so, last year, Criterion Channel put, like, a bunch of her movies on there. There's, like, 20 movies. i watched, like, fifty of them because I had seen her in almost nothing. And to me, she is one of the best eye actors that there have ever been. The expressiveness that she gives with her eyes are kind of unlike any actor I've ever seen. I think when you see the stirring emotion with her... And I think this is her greatest performance. I think it's got so many of the levels that make her such an incredible actress because she's playing someone who is difficult to some people, but also is hurt and pained, um, but does express emotions and does have these connections. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, it features a character that is probably the reincarnation of Satan. I will not give any more spoilers if you haven't seen it, but... um, I think it's, it's a movie that really frames her performance in an interesting way because it sets her up as one thing, and she really is revealed to be something else, kind of, and, and changed as the movie goes on. Um, but I think she's such an... I mean, she's so good in stuff like Johnny Guitar and whatever happened to Baby Jane, but she's one of my favorite... I mean, one of my favorites, obviously, she's on this list, but I just think like, again, like, the way she moves... Like, emotes with her face and especially her eyes are like really special and really unlike other classic actresses I think in this era. And there's so many moments in these movies that I think like she is just like anytime she's on the screen your eyes are glued to her, which is kind of a quality you really need in this era. Um but yeah Joan Crawford, one of my absolute favorites. Uh she's so good at this movie.
2: God damn it. Boatman to me is eleven two. What are you guys doing? Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> um John Crawford, uh, you know, great pick, and I I, I want to say that I feel like I had this real unfair bias because she has kind of a messy personal life, and you know, a lot of it was uh, unfairly highlighted uh, by fight on the way of Mommy Dearest, and for like thirty years, all I knew is my mom quoting hanger lines, but Mommy Dearest—that's like was how I related to John Crawford, and um, once I really gave her a chance because I the first movie I watched with her is A Woman's Face, which is just like. A great like classic thriller and um, performance and just like some of the best thriller action directing near the end of that movie. Um, and then I watched Bridget Pierce, and it's just a phenomenal performance. Um, she she you know has a lot of glamour, um, that I think is often associated with her. She's one you know that's a lot of classic actresses, but I think she really carries it. And so she's playing this kind of um, you know, middle class, um, to start off poor but working her way up kind of mom. And you, she's like, she's too like. Beautiful and glamorous to be that too Hollywoodish, but she really like pulls it off um, in, a, in a relatable way, in an extremely um, sympathetic way. There's so much empathy in this performance because it's a character that you know doesn't make decisions that you could always, I um, think, are right, or you can definitely judge as being like. Stepped all over by the people around her, um, you know, really taken advantage of in a way. But she had so much sympathy to what she's going through that you really, you know, fall for this character and, and her thing. And this movie will come back when my next show, when I host when I'm definitely going to be in my inevitable reappearance um, of uh, Worst Children in Movies. It is top <laughs> tier, horrible, horrible children. And um, I'm going to find red flags to know if I need to get rid of Theo before you <laughs> this, this movie. Uh, I would uh, hop on that yeah.
0: episode in an instant.
2: <laughs> really? But yeah, really uh terrific performance. And you, yeah, you mentioned the eyes. Um mm-hmm. she has a lot of lot of work there and how she reacts to things.
0: Everybody else from Joan Crawford. Uh yeah.
2: Oh sorry, Bart.
0: <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, I'm gonna keep this short because I've only seen her in one movie, and that's 1939. No, 1939's The Women. Mm. Um, which she's really good in, but I literally have like nothing else to base. An opinion on.
1: I've only seen two movies of hers. One of them is this. The other is Grand Hotel. Uh, but she she is really good in this. I honestly want to rewatch uh, Mildred Pierce. I watched it this year, but I was under the impression that that movie was something completely different.
3: But that's what's so exciting. That's what's cool about it. It's like you think I'm, it's this thing, and it's like
1: yeah, but like now I want. I feel like I can appreciate it more now that I know what it actually is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of like expecting, I expected the thriller. To be honest. Yeah, it's framed
2: um, as a noir, but really is a, yeah. a character drama.
1: Yeah. Uh but she's great in it. She deserved her Oscar. She's fantastic. Uh, I think. I uh, I just haven't seen enough of her. Like she's good in uh, Grand Hotel, but she's like far from like my favorite thing about Grand Hotel. Lando Barrymore's best thing in Grand Hotel. Uh
3: but she she's good
1: in this. So. Probably fair
3: pick. So was many, so, hoping- she so many like mediocre to like generic thrillers that she's in that just become like solid good movies because she's so good in them. Uh,
0: I was like- so hoping that Boat would say that his favorite part of Grand Hotel was how grand the hotel was. I'm disappointed in you. It- uh-
3: <laughs>
0: and I. Will it's not say- even
2: that grand of a hotel, to be honest. Um, I will say, I think I watched ten movies for this sh- episode tonight, and this is my favorite of the night. So good pick. Nice. Alright. Uh, my
3: number my number six is the x really number six is Burt Lancaster. Also, same movie, The Sweet Smell of Success. Um, oh, Sweet Smell of Success. I, I think Burt Lancaster is one of our most powerful and commanding actors that we have ever had. I think, like, when he is talking everyone in the room of the movie feels like they're instantly listening or paying attention to him and i love in this movie that he oftentimes refuses to make eye contact with people when he's talking to them or talking about them and he'll just stare kind of into the middle distance and you just see this serious well-born look on his face and that's something that i think he's really mastered as an actor in general like not just in this movie but to me this is like his most interesting performance because you'd know so much about this character before you meet him and he's built up, but he lives up totally to all the things that people talk about him. And he is this kind of terrifying force that everyone feels like they have to bow to, you know, people are like, they'll, they'll talk shit about him when he's not there. But then as soon as they're a face to face, all of a sudden they're super nice to him. And I think cause he commands that kind of presence, but him as an actor, I mean, in stuff from heater eternity, he, like he's like a great romantic lead. I think like the way that he commits to stuff like that, I mean, in like stuff like the swimmer, um, in kind of later performances, like in in um, local hero in Atlantic City, like he's really great in both of those movies. I think, um, and Birdman of Alcatraz that Bowman mentioned earlier, he's so so good in. But I think just as an actor, he's such. I mean, this is one of named is one of his movies, but he's such a brute force of an actor. I think that um, he'll walk into a room and again, like everything is just centered on him. And I think the way he commands the screen is incredible. Um, and this movie fucking rules. And it's like one of the most amazingly cynical movies I've ever seen. But yeah, Burt Lancaster is, is one of our great powerful actors I think ever.
2: Yeah, so this is the only movie I've seen.
3: Well both goes for Lancaster. Is yeah, because right?
1: I have
2: it. Both also had it. Honestly. Oh both so, had them. Yeah. Thank you. Yep, uh,
1: yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So Lancaster is fantastic in Sweet Small Success. Uh very commanding. I don't want to talk too much about Sweet Small Success though because more people need to see that movie. I don't believe unless I just zoned out when Paul said it. Uh did you mention Elmer Gantry?
3: No, I, I I like him in that, but it's not my favorite. Fair.
1: I think he kills it in Elmer Gantry.
3: Like, he is just so
1: fiery at moments, but also so shady. He really plays so many different, like, phases. Uh, and then you look at, like, Birdman of Alcatraz, where you basically just see him go from, like, the very, like, kind of – powerful performance and that slowly just being withered down through the passage of time it's really one of like the most like convincing like 20 30 year plus performances I've seen from an actor of just like legitimately looking like they have age like not just through makeup but like just the performance itself uh Birdman of Alcatraz great movie uh John Frankenheimer was 1962 was a great year. John Frank and I. Um but yeah, like he's great in that. Uh, he's he doesn't have like a scene stealing performance in the movie, but he's really good in Judgment at Nuremberg. Um, just like the his final moments where he was like, "Yeah, I did do something wrong." uh is one of the best scenes in that movie.
3: Spoiler for Judgment at Nuremberg. Oh, <laughs> spoiler!
1: The Nazis <laughs> did not- not- bad thing. Oh.
2: <laughs> um, so, birdlike casts a sweet smell. What is happening? Okay. What Bert did Lancaster you do? Smell of success. Do you know how long I've worked in <laughs> pronouncing the word success? Um, it's, it's really hard for me. I don't want to. Um, were you successful in uh, being able to do it? <laughs> Yeah, so I went to speech therapy we just worked on the word success for eight years. Um, so anyway, Burt Lancaster in this, I, I think what's really interesting is comparing him to what Tony Curtis is doing um, on screen the whole time. Oh, yeah, I am. Uh, Anyway, Tony Curtis is, like, giving this really kind of scummy, wild, chaotic performance, and Burt Lancaster comes in with, like, so much control and changes the whole dynamic of what's happening on screen, and um, there's, like, the power is never even questioned by what he is, you know, giving at the time. You can see him as this, you know, newspaper, you know, writer gone, um, you know, over-famous. Newspaper writer gone, like crime lord of the city without you know the actual like crime parts in a way um and really just by his presence i think the broadness of his shoulders definitely like play into that um because you look at his face he's like a little dorky but he can you know have the power to counteract that um and, and i think that dorkiness is important to also bring the intelligence um, to a screen that you still there because you can also buy him as someone who is strategic and able to pull that i'm interested in watching him in something you know like from here to eternity is he like sexy, having sexy time in that i don't know oh yeah I so, oh yeah. yeah see i, I want to see him in a romantic version of that because that would be a completely different uh, performance i will say i have this weird obsession especially with um like uh oh my gosh I am losing my goddamn mind. I'm um, Billy Wilder. There we go. Billy Wilder movies. This is why I don't play trivia anymore. Um, Billy Wilder's like obsession with um, insurance is is like always fascinating to me. That like insurance to them is like the the uh, the greatest detectives. And this movie, uh, not Billy Wilder, but this movie is like journalists, the greatest crime lords. <laughs> like they're like they're the celebrities and the the mafiosos of the forties. And man, the forties whack. Or fifth. This is sixties, right? But no, classic Fifties. Okay. okay, The class, classic Hollywood. What, what a whack time for like identity of jobs. <laughs> Anybody else? art bar on Lancaster.
0: Uh, so I double checked. I've only seen three Burton Lancaster films. Um, but he, first of all, for both to say he doesn't have a scene stealing scene in Judgment at Nuremberg is wrong. That sounds um, like
1: said. I said it's not a scene-stealing performance in that he's very subtle for most of the movie.
0: I kind of disagree with that, but um... Because he's like one of the two people I think of when I think of that movie. Um, That's but he terrible. does... <laughs> um, both... This... Um, <laughs> both... Both, this is a Wendy's. Um, so... We... Shut the
3: fuck up. Um, guys, we don't have, you don't have to fight every time you're on a wireless together, I
0: promise. You don't have to do that. That's what the people come to see, Paul. Um, but he really does have that, like, booming, registering, like, voice that really does, like, command your attention. And it's just the way he uses his words as well. Um, yeah, I think this is a great pick. I just need to see, you know, more of him.
2: Does yeah. Twitch... Bleep out the word sexy, get together, Twitch. This doesn't need to be that. It's a sexy ass Ford, so. it's just star, star, star ass Ford. Um, I
3: don't know. Oh, wow.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Do I have any idea where are? Your next pick, Paul.
3: Yeah, so my uh, my number five <laughs> is uh, is recently her birthday, actually. So happy birthday. Uh, number five is Ingrid Bergman. Uh, the movie's notorious,
2: but I know of that here.
3: I know that obviously Casablanca is like the famous Ingrid Bergman performance, but I think this is the one that channels so many of her strengths, I think even better. Um, the way that her emotions can change in a dime and the way that she can either be totally soulless and dead in the eyes to being fully emotional and wrapped up in love. I think those two levels that she plays and the way she kind of flits between them is incredible. The scene on the on the plane where she finds out about her dad and you just see her kind of stare into the scene in front of her with no emotions. And then when you contrast that to near the end, where she sees Cary Grant and all of a sudden she has this like excitement and her vitality is like returned to her. I think is why she's like so incredible in this movie specifically. Um, But I mean, she is just like all time charm fest. I think in any movie, I think she's like so commanding as a presence and she really maintained it throughout her whole career. Obviously it's not in the classic era, but even like her autumn Sonata, which is like a late, late career performance. She's like fucking incredible in that movie. But I think that she is like one of the best ideals of like what a classic actress is. I think when you have, the class and the beauty but also the, the intelligence and the emotional capability to tap into something dark but also something sad and she does all of those in this movie kind of wrapped into one which is why i think this is like the quintessential ingrid bergman performance but i mean she's so great in so many different things that recently they had like a run on tcm with a bunch of her movies and i finally got to see some of them like stuff that i'd never seen before um and she's great in like all of them like even movies that you probably have like never heard of I'm, like wow ingrid bergman is like amazing in all of these and um she's just like again an all-time great act- i mean she's also amazing in Casablanca. of like like that's not <laughs> it's not understated but um yeah she's just like one of the per- most perfect like classic movie stars especially but also she's like an incredible actress at the same time
2: yeah, um, so everyone's excuse for this better just be like I've only seen Casablanca because that's the only excuse I'm gonna uh, allow. Um, because Ingrid Bergman, uh, Notorious is, is my second favorite um, Hitchcock movie after Vertigo. I um, mean, she really is a large part of that. Um, you you never capture that she's the yeah quintessential. Um, uh, classic actress and I think because she can handle a close-up like no one else um, just looks you know absolutely beautiful but still captured so much emotion on that screen um, as well with, with when you get up to it um, but also there's a worldliness to her I think that it comes a lot from her you know kind of background and her um, you know cultural background um, that I think adds to the kind of intelligence um, and the kind of like empathetic glow that I think she can carries. But in this performance is, you know, you, you said she can kind of show that, like kind of lack of empathy, a lack of soul at times because she's really playing, um, you know, the mystery of it all of like, you know, what whose side is she on, what is her true role within this movie. Um, it was also done really well when uh, Marion Cotillard did Ingrid Bergman in the movie Allied. Um, that was also a really good performance. Everybody watch Allied, Justice for Allied. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Ingrid Bergman You know, what what a great one we have here. Anybody um, else? What the fuck? Why'd you hate the Berg?
3: Bar's muted. Yeah, he's talking.
2: Bar's, Bar. no, no, Let him count down while looking down. He is <laughs> <laughs> <He's> muted. <laughs> Don't put me on trial. Okay, <laughs> Bar, get together.
0: Uh, notorious, spellbound, gaslight. Uh, cactus flower. Cohoat, those all to my list.
3: Um well, spellbound's like, fucking impossible to find. Spellbound, you have to like watch like illegally. Like there's no way to watch spellbound.
0: like yeah, it's impossible. but I, I honestly, out of her classic era, Casablanca is the only one I've seen. Uh, I have seen Casablanca cactus flower and
1: Gaslight. She's great in Gaslight cactus flowers never like she's good in it but that's not a performance that's like gonna get you on the list of classic actors like for me she's good in it like Goldie on is the only person who was incredible in that movie uh so like only having two like great performances to really look at is what kept her off but she's great in the gaslight and she's great in Casablanca.
2: the car modern here we go you're a great person <laughs> all right because
1: Carl Malden, I... <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. Don't disrespect Carl Malden.
3: <laughs> uh, all right, no, moving forgot on. to about my the Bells number- of St. Mary. My number four, which is a bit interesting, because my favorite performance actually not from the classic era, but I still think that he qualifies for list. My number four is William Holden. Uh, the film is The Wild Bunch. Um, to me, William Holden is one of our... is, is one of the best actors at like having this weariness on his face like even in his early career roles it just feels like he's so fucking tired <laughs> and he's so over whatever situation he's in but he still kind of pushes through and i think that really shows in this movie more than anything i mean this is like the ultimate like getting the gang together one last ride kind of movie and i think like the way that kind of sam Peckinpah shaped this character to kind of be like william holden a little bit sort of his persona but then the way that he kind of turns out a little bit on its head especially as this movie kind of goes into its latter half um is really amazing i mean I, I, you know, somewhat famously love Sonic 17. I think he's really great in that. But I think that while the wild bunch is the performance that channels his great strengths as an actor. And I think, I mean, he's great in stuff like Sunset Boulevard, obviously. But I think that like, this is one of those movies that I think captures a lot of the different types of things he plays really well. And it is like also this kind of meta-textual thing about his career and his life in a way. Um, and, I mean, he's, he can be great a great romantic lead when he needs to be. But, again, I think just in general, like, the way that he plays Haggard is, like, very special. And, like, it's hard to play that and to still feel like you're interesting and engaged. Um, but I think he, he really pulls it off. And, I mean, just, like, one of my favorite actors, obviously, of all time, period. Um, he's so good in this movie and just an incredible actor overall. Yeah, William Holden.
2: Yeah, so this was a real, like, spotlight on what his career would become as it was moving into the 70s, Um, because it's a real evolution from his, you know, more charming and, um, you know, not small, but like... um, and Stalag, like, at least he's like that 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 like bad boy charmer in a way and um, that I think he carried. And, and a little bit of that in Sabrina, I feel feel like as well. Um but more of the stereotype of what a, a lead man can um go, bring movie star power, and then you get to Wild Bunch, he's a little older, he's a little more worn down, and he carries on screen and that's the whole dynamic of these movies, you know, the you know, Western lifestyle on its way out, all these kind of old men, um, on their like last hurrah, all just like a little bit tired um you know living out their their glory days in kind of a way um that i think he you know carries in the face as you know in his posture and how he sits and he still like is as like the leader of the group has that real like um leadership qualities and the the nobility that 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 makes that make sense as well um but yeah i love wild bunch i really need to rewatch the wild bunch um we have you done a Westerns episode of YOS? I wanted to watch a whole bunch of Westerns. That needs to happen sometime soon.
3: Oh, um, and I think he's better than Guinness in Bridge of the River, quiet personally. I think he's I, more engaging. I agree. I is. actually I, agree. I agree. And
2: that uh, does like, spoil future picks, he's better than Bogart and Sabrina as well, but Bogart is, like, a great performance, but when you are better than Guinness and bug right that's that's doing something um William Holden solid pick I feel like I was grading this up fairly at first because I know I just don't love this performance in network as much as you but that's the 70s so it doesn't count so I'm going to ignore that it hurts, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> okay everybody else on William Holden um who you all made very sure that this was your number 11 pick so go on <laughs> both of you picked sent me the same text message
0: Oh really? Yeah, I legit. I legit sent Zach. I legit send Zach a message going. By the way, because I know it'll come up, William Holden was my number eleven. thing <laughs> He was my last cut. Um, as much as it's not my, I, as much as I don't think it's his best performance, my favorite performance of his is in Sabrina. Um, even though I would probably argue that his best performance that I've seen, at least, is Starlight 17. Um yeah, no, he's just fantastic. There's he, there's just a way that he carries and presents himself that is really charming and draws you in. But there's an underlying sadness to him, which is not it's it's not very present, but it's there. You you get that sensation and that feeling in his performances. Um, so yeah, he's definitely uh, top. Fifteen material. Uh, yeah, uh, some would <laughs> say top eleven material.
1: Yeah, uh, I I haven't seen Wild Bunch. Uh, he's fantastic in Slag like Seventeen. That's my favorite performance from him. I think the way he just has this like facade of being nonchalant while well, actually like kind of playing chess with everybody is really great uh but he's fantastic a lot of things. honestly i think the thing that kind of took him a little bit de- just a few points down is that i just associate him more with some of the 70s South like network and i th- had to discount his performance in fedora had to discount his performance I didn't I, even, even though like the movie itself not great i did discount his performance he is the best part in towering inferno He's actually great in that movie, even though I don't yeah. love fire. that movie. <laughs> okay. He's fantastic
2: in that Fire movie. is the best part of Towering Infernal. To it. <laughs> it really isn't. It's bad fire.
1: <laughs> wow! Uh, but yeah. No, wow. like he
0: was- We're sorry to the family of the fire.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm not. <laughs>
3: well, we didn't start it, so it's fine. You know, we
2: didn't start it. <laughs> Don't start Bobin on that. He has prepared verses. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, moving on. <laughs> you do that yourself. I cover your mouth. You flail like a fish. That's <laughs> I hurt my leg on the desk. That's your Moving <laughs> on. Move on. Move on. Okay.
2: So
3: my right. phone,
2: I have
1: moving on. Loud.
3: We're moving quick. We're going to work to bars three already, right? Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're fine. I, I hey, I was predicting under 60 minutes. But I could, damn, so that failed. All okay, right, number
0: three.
2: Um, Bar, hit me.
0: Uh, my number three was a Yanks from earlier. Uh, it is Shirley MacLaine. I also picked The Apartment. Um, as of this moment, um, Shirley MacLaine is my second favorite actress of all time. Um, there's just the way that she's able to balance just this utter – Beaming charm that she has, with a great level of sadness in some of her films, like The Apartment and The Children's Hour, um, and even a little bit of Irma La uh, But then, like she's—I don't want to get too much into her like later stuff—but she's also really good at playing like that the the, commurge, the curmudgeonly um, person, and uh, in roles like Postcards from the Edge. But The Apartment is the one where shes it's just everything that makes Shirley MacLaine such a great actress, just present. Like the scene with The Broken Mirror, it, the one of my favorite deliveries of a line of all time is when she says um, it makes me look the way I feel. It's such a great delivery. And it just, she makes you fall in love with her but sympathize with her. Like, you... The subtle heartbreak that she has when um, Fred McMurray's character is having that conversation with her in the restaurant, it's just heartbreaking, Um, and it's just the way that she makes you fall in love with her, even in movies that aren't good, like Sweet Charity, she's always one of the best parts.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, choose my four, um... Honestly, the thing that kind of brought her down is I wish I would have waited like a week to watch Around the World in 80 Days
3: because
1: in her defense, no one's good in that movie.
3: Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's great. Fantastic, in fact.
1: Anyway, <laughs> uh McLean, she is just one of those great uh, classic actresses. Like, you look at, like, The Apartment. I think in terms of, like, classic actresses, she was one of the first... Not, maybe not the first but I feel like a lot of the classic actresses they kind of have to either be like these kind of usually these kind of larger than life personalities and I think while she can definitely play those she's really great at having these really subtle performances where she says she does and says a lot by not doing and saying a lot uh, and I think you look at like something like armaduced you look at like some of the her great comedy work. she is super funny and what a way to go. What a way to go is just a really underrated movie that more people need to see. Uh, it, it's super funny if you haven't seen that. Uh, she essentially plays a woman uh, who has had five husbands and they have all like died in interesting ways and it, it it's actually like it's a dark comedy it's very funny. But um, she's great in a lot of uh, films. Um, yeah, I think one of just the very unique classic actresses that there's a reason she was able to have such a great career, going into you know her her older generation. Like you even look at Bernie. I think she's really great in Bernie.
2: She's, I mean, yeah, she's she's one of those actresses that like every five to ten years will come out. Like I'm still around. I'm still alive. Everybody And give a pretty stellar performance um that's what i'm gonna do i'm not appearing on yos for 10 more years i'm just gonna like i'm still alive friends this show was for 10 more years but happy happening to our society yeah. okay um shirley mcclain um, the show is all i got <laughs> I'm not i feel so bad for you Bard. you need to talk after this show i do too uh, okay um Sherry sure, McLean, this is one I'm really like uh, troubled at how I feel about this being this high because I think this is like a perfect performance, just a top tier performance. But I'm not as in love with other... I think she's like maybe bad in Nermala Deuce. So I'm really battling. I feel like she's like really, really broad in a way that does not hit for me. I think she's missing the notes. Um, so I don't think she's someone that always works. Um, but kind of where I came around, we were going to talk about um, Audrey Hepburn later and I had to make some decisions. I don't want to spoil our master list. Um but I was trying to compare Aubrey Hepburn and Shirley McLean. I had to just immediately think about the children's hour. And I think she's so much better than Aubrey Hepburn. Hepburn's bad in that movie. But um McClain, I think when they're put face to face I think was able to give you know a lot more of a like emotionally raw and real performance than Hepburn, you know, was ever able to 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 give. I'm not trying to make that as a hit against her. That's just not her strength. Um, but but and that that's here too. She's like the in a way. I won't say the original Mac Pixie Dream Girl because that's really we already talked about it. That's Catherine Hepburn and bringing up baby, um, in a lot of ways. Um, but this is I think the like finest Mac Pixie Dream. I hate that phrase because I think it's very dismissive and I honestly find it a little um, horrible to women in a way of like. That I think it's, it's supposed to be dismissive of the way men write women, but there is, like, any female that is kind of whimsical in a way, I, I think sometimes it dismisses them as not real people and not real feeling people, and I think Drew um, McLean in this is a perfect example of she has that kind of whimsy, that kind of chaoticness in the fury, but she has such a real emotional um you know internal gears working there all times even she's like make this is you know how i function you're making jokes you're trying to be a beat uh that's a cover-up for like everything deep dark that she's going through and it comes out near the end of the apartment to you know carry the dramatic heft and she can be that fun charming you know adorable woman and then you just get the heartbreak and you really feel for when she becomes you know the suicidal um and love um woman at the end um I know I talk a lot of trash about Billy Wilder, which I never really mean. It's really trash against the community. Um, not, not, not Wilder <laughs> as a director, but The, apart, the Apartment is a, is, a, is a great movie. It's a perfect performance. So I have to still give a lot of
3: credit to this book. Yeah, I mean, Anybody I else? guess... Um, I mean, it's, it's just me, I think. I mean, I I, I no, guess she, for some and, reason, she just is not, is not one of my favorites. Like, even though I do like her in a lot of stuff, I think she's really... I don't know if any of you guys have seen Some Came Running, which is like a kind of underrated Vincent Minnelli movie. She's really, really good in that. I think she's really funny in the trouble with harry um but honestly i think my favorite performance from her is probably in terms of endearment which is why maybe she got knocked out a little bit for me i think she's so good in that um but i mean i mean this is a great performance this is like a basically perfect movie i don't know why just like i'd never really considered her for the minus but i guess i just didn't um but she i mean she's great in mostly everything i think i don't think i agree about the children's hour thing i actually don't love her in that movie um but i i like i like her a lot in general i think she's like pretty much always hitting
2: Number three
1: for both. Uh, my three is Jimmy Stewart and Mr. Smith goes to Washington
3: Yikes! Sorry. Okay, Paul. My number three is the uh, Yikes from earlier, same movie, Humphrey Bogart, In a Lonely Place. Um, this is just one of my favorite movies. I've had it on this show before, but I think that I love the way that he plays this like really weird and dark and detached guy who then becomes changed when he meets Gloria Graham's character and the way that he evolves over the course of the film, I think is really fascinating. But, I mean, him as a movie star, I mean, he's just someone I love to hear talk. I love the way he delivers lines. And, like, I feel like any movie he's in I could listen to just as, like, a podcast. And it would be perfectly entertaining, I think. Um, But he just is so convincing as this sort of, like, too cool for romance, even though you can know he really is invested. Same thing in Casablanca, obviously. Um, This guy who's been hurt before and, and doesn't want to open himself up again. I think that's, like, his greatest strength as an actor. And this is, like, kind of that distilled into one movie. And it's, like, you know, it's got that kind of dark heart a lot of his movies have. But I think him as an actor in general is just so powerful and commanding. And he's got great chemistry with every actress, I feel like, that he's in movies with. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Gloria Graham in this or Ingrid Bergman in Casablanca or even, I mean, he's got good chemistry, even though I don't love African Queen, obviously, the movie itself. Um, But obviously with Lauren Bacall and all their collaborations. But I think he's an actor that I think over the span of his career... Has just done so many interesting things he's great in his last movie the harder they fall he's really fucking good in that movie um but i think he's just super he makes every movie he's in watchable i think which is a a really like powerful thing i think maltese falcon with the lesser actor is just kind of okay but it becomes really good i think because he really kind of commands this kind of performance that makes you kind of pull in and listen to what he's saying um but yeah I, i love to hear him talk it's the way he delivers dialogue i think is like maybe my favorite of any actor ever um, so yeah, Humphrey Bogart's the fucking coolest, one of the coolest dudes that there ever was.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, I had the same movie. I also had Humphrey Bogart. Um, Humphrey Bogart is one of those actors that plays in the back of the room. Um, but he does it in such a, a an earnest, commanding way that you can't help but to, like, pay attention to him. Um, even in things like, we brought up Sabrina earlier, which he's really charming in um then there's things like dark passage where he's just really he's like great in that movie even when you're not seeing him you're just like hearing his voice and how he's delivering the lines um but i picked in a lonely place because humphrey bogart is i'm gonna i'm gonna become like actor pretentious guy here um for a second but um anger is a hard emotion to portray when it comes to acting because it's a secondary emotion it stems from another place and i think humphrey bogart is a really smart actor he seems to really seems to have really understood that so when he's playing like the very angry violent side in this movie it seems to stem from a real place and it's just a hard thing to do sometimes and for him to pull it off as amazingly as he did especially in the uh the murder interpretation scene it's just fantastic
2: um I would have some comparisons to this performance with something we're gonna announce later as far as like how someone portrays essentially what is a mental illness in a way his kind of anger is in this I, I think it could be classified um along those lines uh, because I think he does it in such a a natural um a, a fashion that you can really you know or you're unexpecting who this guy truly is so when this comes out and he's showing those signs it really it doesn't come out from nowhere but it's still surprising and shocking but also he has enough connected ties that when you think about it it like seems right and seems real and and it's just you know like how you deal with it in real life the people who deal with you know anger uh management struggles um it can come From nowhere, but when you think about it, like it's always kind of there, it's always boiling underneath, bubbling underneath, and in that performance, I think from first scene, there's really a little bit of that bubbling, um, that just comes out the times that's necessary, and I think, um, like my instinct when you say Bogart is it has to be Casablanca? Why is not Casablanca? Like that's one you know this most famous performances of all time. But, you know, watching this, there is so much nuance. You say he's acting for the back of the crowd, but I think in this movie, he's honestly not. I think it's a lot um, a little little lover, a little quieter um, than all those are. A little less, you know, Hollywood shine to it, because he's really playing a shithead that doesn't think he's a shithead, doesn't want to be a shithead, <laughs> which is really important. You can see he's, like, feeling the guilt and the pain when he acts out um, in these ways. Um, that's really real, because I, I was trying to think, when else did he really play someone violent mean? and mean? And you can say treasures Hero Madre is definitely that, but the violence is something he devolves into. Like, he doesn't start off as that person, and the situation turns him this. But this is that violence is as internalized. It's really just part of who this guy is and how it bubbles out. It's a, re- it's a really interesting performance and, and, you know, a really great movie. Um, Bogart should be in everyone's top five so Bowman's fucking wild because Bogart, Bogart's the man, he's the best he, I think, you know, you mentioned Mathau always playing Mathau and you could say that for Bogart but he can twist it in the right ways and have the right, you know, dynamics to his persona that he can play off he can play the devolving into uh, violence and the boiling anger and this or romanticism, it's all still kind of his delivery, um, but he can you know, go to those different personality levels I think is pretty stunning Okay. Bo, defend yourself. Okay.
1: So, I think that Bogart is really good in, like, in a lonely place, and uh, I actually think he's really good in African Queen, I think he's really good in Treasure. Let's in stop right? an African Queen. <laughs> I wasn't stopping. I said that. I said yeah, that Anyway, uh, I think he's good. I don't like the default Bogart performance. That is, like, what I'm not a fan of. I thought you were about of. to
3: say he's bad in Casablanca. I was like...
1: No, no. I'm saying,
3: I'm,
1: I'm saying I don't love, like... Talk about Key
3: Largo. Bo, yeah, Key Largo.
1: Biggs. Multis Falcon.
3: Yeah.
1: Honestly, Multi Falcon. I don't like just Bogart on Gosh. default. It's just I fucking love that shit so the type of performance <laughs> that, like, works for me, to be honest. Um, I, I, It's not bad. It's just not what works for me in that. Is what really brought him down. I like it when he's actually stretching himself, but when he's not, it just doesn't work for me personally.
2: Wow. Do you know what's crazy. also great about Default Bogart is it creates such room for the supporting actors around him to do great work. Because um, can mount his Falcon, you know what's really best is the dynamics with Greenstreet and Laurie. I think just him giving that that you know noirish persona provides great material for someone to play off of him and those performances and
3: his him. fucking delivering this movie of my favorite movie line ever the i was born when she kissed me i died when she left me i lived a few like the way he delivers that line is perfect and no one else could deliver that line that way yeah i'm pretty sure those were lyrics from a national song
2: so now i'm crushing my <laughs> fandom of the band <laughs> um all right like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bars too i guess right
2: yeah, number two for bar
0: yeah, my number two is James Stewart for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington.
2: You're all wackadoodle, but go on. I'll explain later.
0: <laughs> I I might leave what? before you do that.
2: <laughs> I, 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 not the pick. Let it. Let it. Let him talk. Let him talk. Let him go.
0: Let James James Stewart um, is just one of. Uh, he's such an earnest figure. When he's acting and things like this, the Philadelphia story um, and like even some of his later stuff, there's such an ease and charm to him. That's just really inviting, even when he's playing characters that aren't necessarily like, look at me, I'm the nicest guy in the world. Um, There's still something about him that's just so dynamic and it just draws you to him. And this is honestly, in my opinion, just one of the greatest performances of all time. Let's just get it over with. The filibuster scene is amazing. Like, just the. It's hard to play, like, white and disheveled and not look like you're trying too hard. And he pulls it off masterfully. Um, It's just, he's just one of those actors that you gravitate towards and it just really captures your attention.
1: Uh, yeah. My three for the same performance uh, bar kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of Mr. Smith's goes to Washington, obviously the filibuster scene, but I think he starts out with so much sure naivete that it really, that, when he does he is able to sell that transformation so well and make it feel so natural uh, but you also look at like you look at like the end of it's a wonderful life just pure joy with him come running into bedford falls just like one of the just purest like you know Examples of just happiness on film, and I think he sells that so well. But you also look at like the dark, twisted obsession that he's able to play in something like Vertigo or even Rear Window, he is just able to play so many modes while still like being like this that charming Jimmy Stewart.
2: I love. James Stewart, as it says down low. I don't know who Jimmy Stewart is, but I, I I love James Stewart um a ton. Um, this is the wrong pick. Um, I think like it sounds boring, but his Wonderful Life is like a perfect performance and has a lot of the touchdowns to what we relate okay. to. Okay. Uh, okay. to to him, and I also am a big fan of Vertigo, but it's a different performance. But I think you want to say like a. A really signature performance for for Stuart. I think it's all captured Wonderful the full life for various reasons. Um, I, I just when you when you guys say shit like this, like Mister Smith goes to Washington. I just got to remember how much how big believers you guys are in the American dream, and you just love like watching some guy. Like, He's from Iowa. <laughs> be all about like what it means to be American and, re- and and protect our democracy and stand up for shit, um, in a way, than this movie that I Why find, couldn't
1: this um, have been the stream I accidentally ended the <laughs> 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 um, it, it,
2: But it, honestly, in the, I need to rewatch. It's been a while, but I, I sometimes feel like this is a performance that I'm <laughs> laughing at rather than participating with. I, I, I feel like there's a lack of not like a sympathy, but lack of nuances performance that almost, he's like thinking down on that kind of Midwestern lower thing. I think he's like too incompetent in this movie to be believable later. Um the that performance when he's doing a similar thing and it's a full life and really what he's known for that kind of wholesome middle American um, persona that I think is, is captured lightly. I think because they're not trying to portray him as like the one great American um and maybe that's just a little too much for that it's a little too like swing votey uh kevin costar's swing votey for me um (laughs) i haven't even seen that movie i just wanted to make that joke um
0: obviously zach has never seen him in after the thin man no he probably i I
2: have let's look this up i've played you in a match i'm i think i have i just can't remember everything's a blur um Anyways, so I, yes, Stuart is great, but this is almost a, a joke on what he's known for. I talked about how Catherine Hepburn bringing up Baby, like, did the exaggeration in a way that I love before she's singing. This is exaggeration of what we know for Stuart in a way that I find too much.
0: I um, wonder if that fan is support. strong enough to
2: hold They'll the find rope. The boat. All
3: right. This is one of the most corny, saccharine, <laughs> full of shit classic <laughs> movies that exist. <laughs> This is one of the most overrated classic films of all time. I've been waiting to talk about this. This movie, for one thing, like Lucas said, this is why the fucking filibuster is a poison on American politics. So shame on this movie for that. Also, I think exactly what Zach is saying. He is, to me, looking down on this character, and it never feels like he's really connecting to it. And I think this is all of Capra's worst tendencies that I think he course-corrected and became a much better filmmaker later in life is because he realized it's not just about this one Overload. This is like eating pixie sticks, like pure, like like out of the can. It's like so sweet and saccharine and sweet. Don't come in cans. (laughs) And there's nothing. (laughs) <laughs> to me, there's nothing real about this performance, and I think this movie is, like, the worst version of this kind of movie, and I know that everyone loves it. To me, the same kind of person loves this movie. I'm sure loves guests who's coming to dinner. That makes a lot of sense in my mind, um, but to me, this is not a great... There are so many great Jimmy Stewart performances. He's fucking amazing in Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. He's fucking amazing in Vertigo, even though he's just driving around doing nothing, great. apparently, according to some people. Um, <laughs> but no, I think he's he a fucking Brian. amazing actor that I, I kind of regret not having on my list, but this is Definitely not the movie for I would have chosen. Paul yeah. um, well, would have picked um, around the corner, for sure. Or better before it's better than this before it's, it's a solid before I, was, sure. before I wouldn't have picked um, it. Again, it probably would be *An Match Shot, Liberty Valance, because I think that's an interesting turn on his sort of persona. Um, but I think that this is um, – Far from my choice for Jim Stewart. Okay, think about this. He's pretty much he's playing the same
2: performance in Harvey, but that guy like something's up with him. So take he's, got him he's, he's got a fucking talking rabbit. He's got a fucking rabbit. He's oh, a talking rabbit. So it's like it makes sense. So take the guy at
0: Harvey. That is called, called a
2: rabbit. Okay, so this no, guy's, no, guy's no, gonna no, change no. America. <laughs>
1: And you guys say I get that <laughs> opinion. Okay. He gets elected. Uh, you president want to go and back and he...
3: to like your last two weeks of Letterbox? We can do. You, you hey, Cody. want Cody? My last two lines of Letterbox are better than any of that opinion you had on that fucking amazing performance. Get out of here. Okay?
2: I want the sequel of this where Harvey gets elected president, makes the rabbit vice president. It'll be a great America. Okay, let's move on. Harvey um, is the name uh, of the rabbit. What are we doing?
1: Harvey, <laughs> 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 the, name of some
3: Starco, the
1: president movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. my two uh, oh, too. Actor okay, there go. Was, my two is an actor who's obviously great later in his career but i think his work in the 60s and 50s is so strong that i think it's impossible not to include paul newman uh, i pick cool hand luke i think that is his best performance period I think he just explodes onto the screen in this. Cody hates it when I describe an actor as exploding. But I think that he, just everything, like just little, when when the one guy's like uh, giving the rules, like spends the night in the box and the way he just like finishes the guy's sentence, he's just toying with everyone in this movie and is fantastic. But Paul Newman has so many incredible classic performances. You look at Somebody Up There Likes Me. You look at Barr's pick, Cat, and a Hot Tin Roof, which I won't talk about because I'm sure Barr will. Um, You look at Paris Blues. He's really great in that. Uh, Look at – it's more of like a sappy romantic comedy, but he's actually really charming and uh, kind of love. Just so many, like, classic Newman performances are fantastic. Uh, If you want to see him do, like, a really great comedy performance, what a way to go. He is super funny in that movie, uh, playing kind of like this beatnik painter, and he's he's hilarious in that movie. Uh, also, of course, the hustler—just his sixties and fifties work is just so great.
0: Yeah, um, I'm not going to talk too much about Cool Hand Luke, mainly because it's the second movie I was talking about that I haven't seen. But, um, Jesus Christ. When it comes to Cap, you still you still pick Newman. I did. I did. Because, as Paul said earlier with Joan Crawford, Paul Newman's, like, one of the best eye actors. Like, you watch him in Torn Curtain, and just the way that his eyes are in that movie, incredible. Especially when he's, like, actually reading the the scientific formula that he's there to, like, find. Amazing. But in um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, there's just such... A sadness behind those eyes and an anger from that sadness. And it's just a way that he's... Everyone talk. I know everyone will talk probably about Elizabeth Taylor in that movie. She's absolutely fantastic in that movie. But there's just something about the control that Paul Newman has in that film. And as, until that just scene of pure rage and frustration in the basement, that it's just... So powerful. Uh, he, he, I've, I've made this statement as a kind of recurring joke, but he really is a goat level actor.
2: Um, goat level actor. Um that's why both I set up Rating Each Pick It's an A plus for his pick, and Barr gets a A minus for the same exact pick because he picked the wrong movie. Um and mainly because you just haven't seen Queer on moved Honestly, that's why I lowered <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to! <laughs> Um, and um, Paul Newman From the great Shaker Heights Which I um, kind of live in um, I live in Cleveland Heights, it's right next to it um, I, I, My mom Black. sent me a Facebook message If you want to go to my page on where his house is If you want to go see it in Shaker Heights um, That was in the past week um, We could all take a tour together And, and um, debate whether it's Coo-Han Luke Or Cat on the Hot Ten Roof Cat in the Hot Tin Roof, top tier title I don't know, there's a cat, there's a roof, great title um, <laughs>
1: There's also a roof
2: a roof it's hot baby. Cohan um, Luke is a I think a perfect movie star being a movie star performance he does so much with his you know smoldering look in that um and you know he has that rebelliousness um, throughout that which kind of you know shown in Canada Hotswood Road for like some of these early 50s but like left-handed gun that might be saying that movie um, the hustler, yep. he had that like bad boyish pretty guy streak that' I was kind of saying um earlier with um what's his face fucking this has been an hour and i forget everything i said before um but, but Paul Newman in this, you know, he's playing kind of a Jesus figure in in a way, but in a way that's like he's so lackadaisical in a way, like he's just not choosing this leadership, but just how he walks through the earth and that kind of coolness and that um, confidence just like attracts everyone around him to kind of following. It's almost a way like we want to live like him, like all of us facing, you know, our own mental demons just want to be able to have that level of, of chill despite everything going wrong in his life even though by the end of that movie he kind of realized that was a little bit of a cover that he faces the same pains and internal pains that we kind of all are feeling with how that movie kind of ends up um yeah and i mean there's a lot of great paul newman performances after honestly my favorite performance might be the verdict it's not my favorite movie um but maybe favorite performance because he's aged so well in his career but his 50s and 60s is full of bangers and full of top-tier performances So it really deserves it. Um, Everyone should watch, I don't know. I I feel like I have a specific taste. I know Paul does as well for like the meandering detective movies where someone's going around without really ever understanding what the purpose is. But him and Harper, he played that kind of um, Marlo role. He's not Marlo, but the Marlo-esque role so well um, in Harper um, as well. So watch that to to watch him do something a little scummier, a little greasier. Um, And Butch Cassidy, top tier, like wrestling performance for me as well. So I love Paul Newman. Um, Paul, your thoughts on the new man?
3: Yeah, usually I'm like the big guy who's like, if you've got someone's name, Paul, I try to fit them into my <laughs> YLS somehow. Um, I love Paul Newman. I think part of it is that I think a lot of my favorite stuff of his is later on in the 70s and 80s. Um, Bush Cassidy would probably be my favorite of this kind of era, but I think he's great in HUD. Um, he's really good in, oh my God, what's the name it? Um, yeah, Life Hutt and great. Times of Judge Roy Bean, he's really good in. Um, but I guess I just oh, didn't... Is that 70s? Yeah, that's 72. Oh, that's seven. Oh, that's right um but yeah like there so there's like like a lot of the performance i love of him like stuff like kind of his bigger obviously more famous role the verdict slap shot the sting like that's all the stuff that i really connect with him the most in i think but i mean he's an he's an awesome actor he's like the perfect movie star i think and i love that he was also a filmmaker which is something that i don't think it's talked about a ton when it comes to his legacy um but he's like a really fascinating figure yeah i mean just kind of missed out was not um, it's just a classic case of like if a lot of your my favorite movies of yours are not in that era it's just like hard to make it onto a list with like people who have made like 15 movies that are really like all in this era so, yeah. Yeah. I, I read his biography too and he's just someone of like so much interest
2: and curiosity and everything he puts mm-hmm. his like mind too that i think is really evident um in his it's fucking
3: salad dressing well. man that shit's flat.
2: <laughs> that was actually his like daughter's project he just kind of <laughs> let his thing yeah. go on as well yeah. he's like really into racing and so much attention to racing um yeah, no, it's like it's like Michael
3: Fassbender. Yeah, talk about exploding in a movie. Um, <laughs> moving on to my, my number, number two, as a yikes yeah, from earlier, my number two is Audrey Hepburn in Roman Holiday. Um, there are days where I think this is my favorite movie, but I just think that she is like the most charming actor, I think, that has ever lived. And I think that like the way that she uses her charm in this movie, I mean, just the scene where she's like playing with the straw when they're sitting outside at the day at the cafe is like the most charming anyone's ever looked in a movie, I think um but then the movie at the end kind of brings it around and becomes something more full and ha- having more depth that i think when she says so happy like i have like wallow into a puddle of tears and um but i just think she's like a perfect movie star because anything she's in any time she's on the screen like i feel like i can't look at anything else but her um and sometimes it's almost like to the detriment of her co-stars because it feels like she's almost too magnetic but um again i just think she's like so good i mean and her, her and romance stuff i think is just so good and she like carries the chemistry even with actors who are like you know way too old to be playing her love interest not necessarily here but in other movies like she makes it kind of work to an extent i think um but i mean she's so fucking good in this movie as like this kind of naive i mean this is like one of the most ingenue performances ever um but it's also like the best version of that i think and i, I like the way that she like opens herself up to this world as she kind of is is interacting more with joe bradley i think is great um and yeah the way she plays kind of the slight mystery but like kind of again the naivete of her character is just perfect um could have picked a bunch of performances but this is my favorite movie she's in my favorite performance of hers kind of all of her movie star stuff in a movie so yeah roman Holiday.
0: um so i had her at number five paul also picked my favorite movie of hers um i will say that the two best people to ever play on the the uh, the trade of on the verge of tears are Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. The scene where they're just looking at each other and like you you te- you can just tell that they they both want to you know express their emotions in that moment, but no, they have to repress them. It, it, it's just amazing. Um, the movie I picked to represent her though is Two for the Road because I think. Uh, I picked that one because it's kind of the broadest range of emotions for her in any of her movies. There's so many different emotions that she has to juggle throughout the entire thing. Um, Just the utter distaste for her husband, but also the earlier time period where she's just absolutely in love with him. um, And just being able to do what she has done in films such as and Sabrina and the, uh, the Children's Hour and other lighter quote-unquote lighter films like um, How to Steal a Million and then darker things like Wait Until Dark where she genuinely gives one of the best performances of a blind person from someone who literally actually can see.
1: Calm down cinema Woman. No, oh, I'm reading the fucking timer you dumbass.
0: And I'm just going to end it there. Thanks Koha. <laughs> Sorry, Bowman jumped at me for no reason. So, Played hey, Bowman, hey, nice tire tracks from that bus you uh, just got thrown under.
2: The main issue here is you have the wrong Hepburn higher up, Cat Hep, the better Hep. Um, because Audrey Hepburn, I'm kind of a mixed bag on. I love her performance in Roman Holidays, is the right pick. It's really great. I think she's pretty bad. In some other movies i think children's Hour*. i said i think she's she is just not carried the dramatic way in that movie um i i have a lot of issues with charade i feel like her in um carrie grant just seems so unattached to that movie i feel like they just wow. like, sh- showed up i feel like they're kind of um sleepwalking through that movie in a way i think that, that movie in general i think is lacking a real rhythm to it i don't um it but I say I love her Roman Holiday. Um, I like, have a real affection for Funny Face and specifically her jazz dancing in, in um, Funny Face. I am so, so proud I did not say Funny Girl, the classic Zach move. Um, and, 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 so, and so it's like, yes, you picked Roman Holiday. It's that that great romantic comedy, that great... Um, combination of like her royal naivety but also the the charm and and a little bit of rebelliousness for her like window escape as well that that she comes but really it's just talk to your charm in Roman Holiday and you and Bar, you're talking about Two for the Road you pick Two for the Road which I mentioned William Holden's um the like Wild Bunch was his like evolution to where his career was going, playing off of his passing, and that's what Two for the Road kind of is for her. She's no longer this, you know, upbeat um, princess from Roman Holiday, but she's a little sadder, a little lonelier, a little more worn down that you really feel, and that, uh, and um, you know, has great chemistry um, with, with what's his face. So that's what we're, Albert, 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 there we go. Thank you, with Amber <laughs> <Freddy>. Honestly, you're <laughs> the
0: second best co, like second best co lead I think she's ever had.
2: Yeah, and and I, and the honestly thing is, I think she's just someone that depends a lot on the the movie she is making um, and the people around her. Um, and because um, what? Oh my God, I'm done talking. I can't remember names of things. What's the musical where she's learning how to speak? She's bad at that as well. My Ninety percent of the time, I
1: have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> oh, R.I.P. My trivia career, my brain. Let's go on. Okay. <laughs> Uh, number one. I've never been more happy. Wait, to- wait, Boltman didn't get to talk.
1: Yeah, I haven't gotten to oh, talk. Yeah, you know, I've never I'm have been more happy to be dumped in my life, and I got <laughs> dumped in Cars Three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a girlfriend dumped you and then got chlamydia after. Yeah. <laughs> <No! laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I just did that to myself. <laughs> Ooh, self
1: bird. Those are rare. Okay, uh, so uh, I I feel kind of similarly about Audrey Hepburn that I do about Bogart in that I like Hepburn when she is, like, stretching herself, but I'm honestly not that big of a fan of just the standard Hepburn performance. Um, I also, I'll fully admit, like, I haven't seen Two for the Road. I haven't, uh, there's, like, a lot of those big performances like uh, Wait Until Dark that I want to see, but I have
0: Bowman, I you would love to for the Road. It's basically the before trilogy. I have been told I to watch
2: yeah. Two for the Road. I
1: feel By like
0: you'll start just getting into
2: Albert Finney. All right. It's <laughs> a good, good person again, too. Um, number ones now, bar.
0: Um, my number one is a little obvious for me, um, but it's Jack Lemmon. And uh, the movie I picked was The Days of Wine and Roses.
1: That is also my number one. That exact performance as well.
0: Wow. You
2: guys have very close That's one, two,
0: clear. threes. Yeah. That's why. Um, so before having seen this movie, I feel like I probably would have picked The Apartment uh, as his best performance. Um, because when you think of Jack Lemon, you think of like the, the Walter Math the the Matt Lemon comedies, things like the Odd Couple, um and things like that. But the days of Wine and Roses, um, first of all, thank you Cameron Redshaw for forcing me to watch this movie. Um, Two of the greatest acting scenes I've ever seen in my life are him uh, in therapy and especially in the greenhouse where he's tearing the greenhouse up. Holy God, the build of that scene is fantastic. I had said previously that Gregory Peck earned his Oscar that year. As much as I still really love that performance, Lemon's performance in Days of Wine and Roses is utterly spectacular.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels like from everything I hear about, like, that best actor race it's like oh yeah the two candidates were gregory peck and uh peter too, yeah. <laughs> like have you considered voting third party because jack lemon and bert lancaster are both better than both of them uh lancaster lancaster and birdman of alcatraz are great jack lemon this is the best performance of his career not supposed between this and network, but like lemon plays so many different notes in this. What is that
2: network? What is network. That? network. Okay, who's happy to lose their partner? <laughs> 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 Jesus
1: Christ!
2: Jesus
3: Christ! Indeed. What were you? What were you thinking? Were you thinking the apartment? Is that what you're gonna <laughs> to say? I meant the
1: apartment. Um, I, <laughs> Okay, shut up, Lucas <laughs> Everyone just needs to calm their ass. Okay. So,
0: <laughs> there's the guy who's shouting at everyone.
1: bar basically said everything about Lemon is just one of those great actors. Look at something like Mr. Roberts. Mr. Roberts is like a great like scene-chilling comedic performance, but like he plays a lot of beats in The Apartment. Uh, and like this: this is my favorite performance, right?
2: I, I really like Jack Lemon doing the Jack Lemon shit. Um, you know, him in the apartment, at, just like McLean, is a perfect performance, because he can be that kind of uh, a little dweeby, a little, um, I would say, walked over in a way, um, but with a real heart and a real love that I think we can all you know, relate to. In a way, it's all dweebish boys on the YouTube channel right now. I feel like we connect very much to you know, the Jack Lemon persona. Um, someone who's, why can't the girl just love me? Um, Probably the worst part of all of us. Um, and anyways, this you guys like fucking belong in a sanatorium with Jack Lemon screaming like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that is 10 seconds of him going, woo, woo. Um, after the <laughs> shitty ass greenhouse scene, that is so bad. I was so into this performance for 40 minutes. And I'm like Jack Lemmon, you're bringing Jack Lemmon, you're being charming. I believe this relationship. You're kind of sad, and once he goes into the alcoholism, it's so so intense and too much and not real. Um, and that's why I said let's compare the 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 performance of mental health, where this is where it comes from. nowhere and it's so unbelievable. Like he just like understands what alcoholism is. So he's going like, I'm going to act out of my mind and and falling into misery when it lacks like any solidity or realness to that performance and the turns between his, him being, um, you know, uh, on the wagon and off it's such a, a hundred eight or a three sixty. I don't understand math. I'm a fourth grade teacher. Um, one eighty. I think is what you're trying. One eighty. Okay, it's such a one eighty um, flip in, in his performance. It's like not the same character, and that's not like with someone battling sobriety is going to completely be a different person in a way. And and and, and, and you know I I've witnessed alcoholism. So I'm sure Zach,
1: you don't want to watch movies. You wanna watch security cam footage of some random hotel lobby. That's like um,
2: I would get arrested for that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that this is just I don't think Jack Lemmon is definitely is necessarily the best like dramatic actor of all times so unless he's able to connect that to his his kind of normal persona when I mean, he can find the heart really within him. And he's trying to do something more like that he can't relate to, it, it's inauthentic and, and intense. And honestly, um oh my gosh, the actress in it. Someone help me. Uh, Lee Remick. Lee, yeah, I think it's is doing it a lot better. I think there's a lot, a, a lot more groundedness to what she's delivering. And, and then, so it makes sense that they'd hang the movie kind of on her and, and, and her struggle um, by the end. Because Jack Lemmon is a cool off That garden scene is in, is insane. Just ridiculous. <laughs> the- okay. So you can, I'm, I'm going to excuse you that you didn't pick the apartment because you picked it for McLean. Because that's really the pick that was necessary. And I watched on Couple. I said better performance than this. Pretty good Odd Couple.
3: Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm stepping into a fucking minefield between the two of you guys. I have not seen this movie. Um, I actually am excited to watch it. I do think Blake Edwards is a pretty bad director of acting generally, and I don't like the performances he gets. So I'm a, wondering what I'll think of of this movie and this performance. I mean, what what I mean, what mov- what other movies do you have? Do you disagree with that as far as Blake Edwards? But I'd love to hear. Um, but I think Jack Lemmon's really good. Honestly, a lot of my favorite Jack Lemmon—again, this is kind of a boring answer, but it's like his '70s, '80s, and '90s stuff. I think he's really fucking good in *Missing*. Um, he's really good in *Save the Tiger*. Um, but a lot of my, yeah, like my Jack Lemmons tend to be his slightly older and more wizened performances, which is what I connect to more. Um, I mean, Jack Lemmon is like the greatest classic actor of all time. Is like a slightly surprising thing, and maybe I shouldn't be that surprised. But like, I think it's an interesting choice. Um, and he's really—I mean, he's really fucking good. At a lot of in like all the classic movies I've seen him in, basically. But um, yeah, just not like one of my absolute favorites. But I do want to watch this movie to have an opinion on it because I, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say.
2: I, I have one more thought. Is he really is one of I think our greatest comedic actors, you know, we've had. And this is the, the true fashion of overrating drama over comedy, which is all, not just done in our comedy, but it's done in film talk in general. That because he gave this dramatic alcohol performance, that's better than him giving his comedic performance in some like a hot or that, which is just not fair because you have to, to really appreciate what he's doing to make those comedy rules, you know, shine. let like let's I officially change all your picks to something like a hot you didn't pick. <laughs> it's vintage.
3: okay wow uh, all right so it's so a that was also your one right so you don't have any yeah there? yeah
2: number number one for paul
3: yeah i mean my number one is not surprising my number one is to mufune the movie is high and low um yeah my favorite actor ever um i think he commands the screen like no actor ever has and i think he can play so many different types of characters i think when you see him in roshua he's acting like a fucking wild animal like he's moving like an animal he's not moving like a regular human But in this movie, the way that his anger is forced beneath the surface, beneath the surface, beneath the surface is so perfect. And you see him want to explode at so many moments when he he's put in this impossible situation. But the fact that he never cracks and the fact that he kind of maintains this. But then the confrontation scene of him near the end um, is great. And I love that the movie kind of like shifts a little bit away from him at certain points and then kind of comes back to him. But I think he's, again, he, like, is the grounded center of this movie. But him as an actor, to me, I mean, there are, like, two dozen performances, I think, that he's absolutely fucking incredible in. Um, He's always, to me, the most memorable part of any movie that he stars in. And he's, I mean, he's great in Yojimbo. I think he's perfect in something like Drunken Angel as, like, the young, kind of, upstart Yakuza guy. Um, But this movie, I think, I mean, it's one of, maybe, my favorite movie of all time. I think he's fucking just phenomenal in this movie. And the movie is, like, so centered around his character and the way his character kind of shifts a little bit. But his, the way that he, he kind of forces his anger beneath the surface is kind of unlike any other actor I've seen. And the way he commands his emotions, I think, are, is so perfect. Um, you can just tell that he's like pained and he doesn't... There's so many things you can tell he wants to express, but he can't. Um, but he does it physically in, in all kinds of different performances. But this, I think, is kind of the quintessential one of his, where he's doing all the different things he's good at um, in one movie. Uh, yeah, he's a fucking, you know, my favorite actor and I, my favorite classic actor. I think he's just a, a master of the craft.
2: I, I like don't wanna talk about this. <laughs> I I I feel like I'm I'm so much on the outside on what Kurosawa is doing and I, I told Paul that this is secretly an episode comparing Japanese directors, um, because I think Ozu is so much more on my level and how I, I connect to movies and he's very, you know, um emotionally driven um and, and character driven way he's doing and, and I've never been really able to put a pen on what Kurosawa does. In a way, I just have such a hard time connecting to all his movies and I think Mifune sometimes... I think Mifune's performance sometimes I think is part of that. And I, I think sometimes his his acting gets um, a little more credibility and attention because of his connection to Kurosawa because people love these movies and it's important rather than really everything he was able to add to it. But maybe... Like, I'm sure I'm like underrating it just because I don't feel these movies. I do think this is the right pick. It's probably between this and Ikiru, which I have thoughts about that actor, but between those two um, as my favorite, Kurosawa the ones I've seen. I'd really go for this, but the part that Bufuna is on screen for the first hour is the part where I'm so... Disconnected because I think it's this morality play that runs circles, and I, I think a lot of classic Japanese cinema I saw. I feel sometimes it's just like walking in circles, repeating the same idea, and I, I just kind of lose myself. But once it becomes a procedural, which Mafune is not as much in, um, and and you're getting the, the crime elements, I'm really into that street level direction of kurosawa and I really appreciate and loved um, in this movie. um So, but but Mafune and those, you know, that morality play aspects, I do think is giving a very um, Connected performance, and even you, you know, still read his you know moral conflict that he's dealing with in this kidnapping situation, and I think that conflict is really interesting and um, complex, um, but and I think it's just done for too long. Um. So, so, I don't know. I, I've seen enough that I feel like I have a firm opinion, but maybe I need to rewatch And My attention definitely is always a struggle um, in Kuro San For some reason, I just have a real hard time keeping my focus. Um, so, I don't feel like I have a fair opinion on that. Um, but anybody else, your thoughts on Mufune? Well,
0: Mufune is an actor that I've wanted to do a deeper dive into, and Man is the only one I've seen so far.
1: Uh, I've seen Rashomon, High and Low, and Yojimbo. And honestly, I think Yojimbo is my favorite performance I've seen from him, though he is really good in High and Low. Uh, yeah, this is a completely fair pick. He kills it in all three performances I've seen from him. I want to watch more. Uh, but yeah, Yojimbo, I think he's just... I love the way he is just toying with everybody and he has this aggressive form, but he also has this very playful attitude in that. that I really love Yojimbo. I, I think Yojimbo... Might be my favorite Kurosawa movie, like period. I want to watch it again, not watching it for deep cuts and like actually watching it to enjoy it, because honestly, that that's kind of you know. it's you, Michael Campbell, for making me watch a great movie for the first time for deep cuts instead
3: of being able to actually enjoy it.
1: You know, like, screw you too, Bar, for doing that with Brazil. <laughs> I
3: mean, you could have watched the be movies before that. To be fair, they existed before the match. I'm, Thing. I introduced you to Brazil. Or what do you think of him based on just Brazil. Rashomon? I'm curious. I know you've only seen Rashomon, but what did you think based on just the one movie? Because obviously that is like his most loud um,
0: kind of... I, he's he's easily the person I think of the most when it comes to this film because there's such an animalistic instinct to him that just really draws your attention.
3: Yeah, he literally... He, he studied... What, tigers for like m- a month or something before the movie, like to, to move physically
0: like that, which is kind of wild, because you can see that. I, like love, it. I love it when uh, people do that. I, it's such a great acting technique, and it worked really well for him.
2: So that's the end, and I'm gonna need lots of managers. Oh my guys. do I go to everyone's list next? Right, grades. Yes. Grades, yeah. Oh, right. before we get that, I'm gonna let you all know: your all grades drop um, at least one third of a grade level because there's no barber standard, which is bullshit. And you drop um, one um, one hundredth of the level for not having SC Sackle, uh, for <laughs> me being in Connecticut on your list as well. This is this the best guy of all time? Wait, um, is it
3: Christmas in Connecticut? Is Meet Me in Connecticut a different movie? Or is yeah, that yeah. Is yeah, it. not Christmas in I, Connecticut?
2: I have said Meet Me in Me Connecticut 80% of the time that I've talked about that movie. But yes. It was, it was a was like, crossover
0: like, event. <laughs> all you <laughs> missed
3: it. Yeah. I was going to say, did Arno change the title? Like he re-made it? I think
2: you can back catalog Lucas and Zach pods, and I've done that like three times. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, so we go to bars lists. Do we put it up? Well, oh, you just got go lowest,
3: lowest, lowest grade first. Our
2: lowest grade. Okay, lowest grade. So, actually, we are going to bars. And bars and boats are very similar <sighs> in a lot of ways. Um, I'm giving you still a B plus. I'm a high letter box grader, super so kind and of nice. You see a B plus. A lot of things I love. I said right up top. Everyone failed up top for me. Jack Lemon and Mufune. Give Mufune's name down. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I think the difference, because we can show a boat who I also gave a B plus two. Um, the difference of why I picked Boat is I, I talked about this about on my overbar um, is because he took more chances on this list and he had more interesting picks and I think we should appreciate interesting picks so having especially near the bottom Maldon and Cobb and Woodward I think it's some bigger um, swings and, and representing some character actors that, that Barton takes so I'm going to put him at second and Paul almost blew it at the end for me um, with, <laughs> uh, with with Hepburn and Miffune at the top two but his upper tier had so many great that um, picks I love There were nobody else's list, like the new Van Crawford, um, Bergman, um, and having Bogart the highest, which I think definitely believes belongs to the top five. I think it's all very important picks. I regret um, doing this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and Paul Guy, I'll give, I'll give him an A. Um, I said it probably would have been an A, but there's no Barbara Stanwyck, and she's the queen of all of us. <laughs> okay, our combined list, right. There we go. So combined, we got ah! Bergman at number 10 for Notorious William Holden. For the Wild Bunch, of 8 Cat Hep for bringing up Baby. Mifune at 7. Newman at 6. For Cool Hand Luke, I got to pick the movies. Um, Audrey Heppard for Roman Holiday Five. Sherman McCain at 4. Bogart at 3. Where he belongs. Um, Stewart at two for uh, the wrong movie. Vogelos at the Jack Lemmon. Oh God, those top two are the ones I argued <laughs> at the most.
0: They are, those, no, I, those I, top I, two I, are perfect.
2: I feel like I picked the people in this episode. But can we change this all? We got number one Barbara Stanwyck, two uh. Ginger Rogers for Top Hat.
0: <laughs> no, Top Hat,
2: <laughs> Ginger Rogers performance. <laughs> I'm just saying things at the top of my mind.
0: May as well uh, pick Swing Time. <laughs>
2: Um, she's really good in stage story, that's why I put her in um, alright, so thank you everybody, it was great, I'll never be back on the show in any capacity, because I don't remember like words, or how things move from one first to the end, uh, sequences um, but it's been a lovely time I had a, I, I'm sorry um, for, for, for for yelling and making like <laughs> orgasm noises about Jack Lemon. that was very inappropriate, but it's been fun we'll your opinion night. on his performance was inappropriate
3: Good night, I love you Women's they talked about actors exploding (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, and outro
2: I know it was you, Fredo You broke my heart You're not going to intimidate me I'm entitled to my opinion Now what will it be?
0: Death Or exile You're hopeless, you're a hopeless mental case
3: You better lawyer up, asshole I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything.
0: Normally, I would say Auf Wiedersehen. But since what Auf Wiedersehen actually means is till I see you again, and since I never wish to see you again, to you, sir, I say goodbye.